So, what, if you watch ESPN, you know that song. Uh, Imagine Dragons Natural, it's like their hype song. They picked it this year. It's like the one they're using to, to get you ready, to get you ready for the games and, and showing you all that stuff. It's a hype song because it talks about not backing down and being and, and tougher and colder and more cutthroat than your opponent. And it's a great worship song. Just kidding. I want to I wanna read some of the lyrics again real quick to show you where we're going this morning, okay? Just another product of today. I'm not going to sing it. Rather be the hunter than the prey, right? Because that's always the way to do it. And you're standing on the edge face up because you're a natural. A beating heart of stone. You've got to be so cold to make it in this world. Living your life cutthroat. Yeah, you're a natural. And here's... Uh, that, that natural, that, that cutthroat, heart of stone, cold attitude, that mentality is exactly, I mean, exactly what many people think it takes today to be a success in this world. This is what a lot of people think this is about. It's right here. And so in this second week of our playlist series, where we are taking some songs, like last week we did Time After Time, an oldie, a throwback, a good one. This one, some of you are like, I've never heard this song before. But we're taking songs that are known or out there, and we're saying, just like we do with our movie series, you know, we're using the example Jesus set for us. He told stories like fiction, made up stories to make a spiritual point. And uh, we're, we did that in our movie series. We're doing that with these songs. We're taking these stories because songs are stories. They're just set to music. And we're going to pull some spiritual truths out of this today. Um, this message, and I, don't, I almost hesitate to say it like I did last week because I don't want it to, for you to go, oh, well, this doesn't apply to me. But I think as I was preparing this, I was thinking that this message for today is for the person who keeps trying and trying and striving and attempting to achieve and to sacrifice and invest, all these things, and yet at the end of every day, they feel empty and unfulfilled. For that person who just keeps on, keeps on, pushing, 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 and they, they feel as if, what, what's, what's this all about? And here's the thought that has been... Uh, kind of tumbling around in my mind as I've been working on this message. If, and please notice the emphasis, if, if overcoming, if winning at all costs, if defeating somebody else, if being cold were our true and only purpose in life, if... Um, our true and only purpose is about being better than everybody else, if it's about being tougher than the other guy, if it's about being stronger than anyone else, if, if all this life is about is about being more shrewd or more financially savvy or more cutthroat, if that is it, some of us would actually be doing pretty good right now. Like, if someone were to be looking at your life, they might be going, man, you're a natural. You're killing it. Paul, who's a prominent teacher and, and leader in the New Testament, he had the privilege, but is also a great challenge, to um, encourage 
the, the new Christians that were coming along. A lot of, I mean, they were all new Christians, right? They were all coming to know Jesus. And Paul was given this task to, to go around to the gatherings of believers that we would call churches, and, and they started to call themselves that too. And he would either um, go into a, a city, a church, and be with them for a while, and then leave and write them a letter. Or he would write them a letter before he came to see them. But he would, he would go into churches, and he would try to help the churches understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And um, he does that in several of his letters. And I want us to look today in, in his first, or actually his uh, first letter that he wrote to the, the believers in Corinth. So in 1 Corinthians in your Bible in chapter 2, and you can turn there and we're going we're gonna to start around verse 14. But what he does is he is talking to the believers and he's telling them this. <clears throat> he's saying, look, it's great that you say you follow Jesus, but you've got to be maturing. You, you can't stay in that place. You can't, you know, if you, became, if you said yes to Jesus a year ago, and you're pretty much exactly how you were a year ago, then you need to mature. He's saying if you are, um, if you are a follower of Jesus, and yet your life looks exactly like it was before you started following Jesus... Something needs to change. And so he was writing these letters to encourage the believers in the churches to start to, to mature in their faith. <clears throat> and he describes three kinds of people as he does this. We're going to look in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and then we're going to look uh, in chapter 3 in just a moment. But he describes three types of people. So in, in trying to encourage the church, in trying to encourage the believers, he sets it up and he gives them three. And the first kind of person he describes to them is the natural person, hence the song that the band sang for us a minute ago, the natural person. And I want us to look at verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 2, and just the first part of this verse, because we're actually going to divide this verse, because the first part is one of the people that Paul describes, and the second part is another. So first part of verse 14, it says this. This is about the natural person. This is about the person that does not know Christ. This is the person who does not want or desire anything or even to understand spiritual things. And he says this. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. So he's talking about the way in which God teaches us and communicates with us and, and shows us how we should live and act. He's saying the, the person that's not spiritual, the natural person does this. He says it all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Have you ever wondered why, if you're a follower of Jesus... That it can be so frustrating at times to be super excited about sharing something that God's doing in your life, about what he's shown you, about what he's teaching you, and you try to express that to someone, and they just don't get it. And you just feel like you're talking to a wall. You feel like you're getting nothing back from them. Well, in many ways, that could be the, the spiritual person trying to explain what God is doing to the natural person. The natural person doesn't quite get it. And what Paul is saying is that, you know, God can be working and God can be moving and it can seem so obvious to you, but to the one who is the natural person, they're just not going to get it. And he says it's actually foolishness. You know, as a follower of Jesus, there may have been times when you have made decisions and made choices and, and a lot of people just didn't get it. But you knew it was exactly what you were supposed to be doing as a follower of Jesus. 
Some people just don't get it. They don't understand. They might ridicule you for it. They might make fun of you for it. They might decide that they don't want to associate with you because of it. It's foolishness to them. Um, The concepts of things like salvation and surrendering your life and being made new and being redeemed, all of these things, they do not make sense to the natural person. I remember being a new believer, like I'm talking like a couple of days old new believer, and I was super excited about that, this new thing that was in my life, and I told someone who was very close to my life, known him pretty much my whole life, if not my whole life, and, and I was like wanting to explain this, and I was trying to find the words, and I didn't really, and I was just trying to talk about this, and then finally I just boiled it down to, to what I knew to say, what I'd heard people say for so many years, and I just looked at them and I said, I'm saved And he looked at me and he said, save from what? I mean, if you could hear a balloon deflate in that moment, that would have been me like, that was horrible. Is that better? I don't know. That's what I felt like. I mean, I was so excited about what God was doing and this person just shut me down and they didn't get it. You maybe have felt that way before. Like, it was foolishness to them. They didn't even understand. What, what do you need to be, like, were you dangling off a cliff? Why did you need to be saved? So there is the natural person. There's the natural person who just doesn't get it. And then Paul goes on to describe, he's already started to hint at the other kind of person. And he says this in the second part of verse 14 and in uh, 1 Corinthians 2. He says, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. So you have the natural person and you've got the spiritual person. Christ shares his spiritual wisdom with people who follow after him. And, and for a lot of us, we can talk about, and, and I know it's foolishness to, to the natural person, but we can say things like, I, I feel as if God is telling me. I feel as if the Lord is leading me. I heard from God and he told me. And, and natural people are thinking, you are crazy. You are insane. But we know, if you're the spiritual person, that that's the way God teaches us. And it comes through his word. It comes through prayer. It comes through worship. It comes through uh, the, the wisdom of, of other believers who have walked ahead of us. There are so many ways in which God speaks to us. And, and, and he does this. And the spiritual person gets this. The natural person, not so much. So you could say the spiritual person is led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the spiritual person is, is the one who, who knows that, okay, I should go this way. This is the way the Lord's telling me to go. This is what I should say. Um, and you know what? There's probably a bunch of us in here right now going, whew, okay, well, I love Jesus and everything, so I'm not the natural person. So, okay, I'm the spiritual person. Yes, this is where I am. This is the category I'm in. But if you remember, Paul described three kinds of people. And here's the third. The carnal person. The carnal person. And the, the word carnal means flesh, means meat. Um, and when p- applied to a Christian, what Paul is saying is it means someone who, although they are a believer, although they have said yes to Jesus, they understand that there was a need for their sins to be forgiven, that apart from Christ they were, they were lost, they could never connect to God, they needed Jesus, so that, that person who has had that experience, but they are still allowing their flesh to control them, to control the way they live, and to control the way they think, to control the way they act. 
And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the first three verses there, Paul explains what this looks like. He explains, he's, he's talking to the carnal people. And, and when he's writing this letter to this church in Corinth, He's saying, look, there's some of you that are natural and you don't get it. And, and I mean, you know, that's just the way there, there's going to be natural people. Some of you are spiritual people. But the, the gist of this letter, he's writing to the believers who were carnal, who were in the flesh. He says this, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. That always makes you feel good when you get that letter. Um, he says, I had to talk as though you belong to this world. So he's saying, I had to talk to you like you were natural people. You were the natural person. Or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. Great feel-good letter. Um, verse 3, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another. You quarrel with each other. And he asks two questions. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? So if you're jealous, if you're fighting, if you're quarreling, if you're not getting along, doesn't that prove that you're not being a spirit, you're not being a spiritual person right now? And then he asks this question. Aren't you living like people of the world? Aren't you living like a natural person? And this is what he says to them. And so he calls, Paul calls the believers at Corinth carnal because they were still acting spiritually mature. He was saying, you've got to be maturing. You should not still be in this place if you're a follower of Jesus. And so rather than living out what we would call like the fruit of the spirit, you know, the, the fruit of a life that is given over to God, things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control and all these things, these believers instead were giving into, and it was showing in their actions, it was showing in how they, they um, communicated and, and, and their relationships with one another, they had issues like envy and jealousy, and they were arguing, and there was division among them. So Paul says, are you living like natural people? You, aren't you just living like people who don't? And remember what a natural person is. A natural person is someone who doesn't know Jesus. So Paul is talking to these Christians, and he says, aren't you living like people who don't even know Jesus? So back to my thought that has been kind of turning around in my head as I've been working on this, this message. If overcoming and winning at all costs and defeating somebody and being cold were your true and only purpose in life. If your only purpose was about being better than the other person, being tougher and being stronger than someone else. If, if your only purpose was about being more shrewd and more financially savvy and more cutthroat, like I said, some of us would be doing really good right now. We'd be like, we'd be a natural, just killing it. But here's the thing. And I say this to wherever you may have put yourself in these three categories. I hope you've been thinking about this. You might be honest enough today to say, you know what? I'm in the natural category. I have not yet stepped across that line and given myself to Jesus. There's still hope for you. Don't check out, please. Keep listening. 
You may say, you know what? I'm the spiritual person. I know what that life was like. I'm living in this. I'm doing my best. And man, it's amazing. And I would say, keep at it. Don't let up. But you might find yourself as the carnal person. Going, I know Jesus, but I always tend to just keep falling back. I, I, I tend to revert back to this as if sometimes I live, I act, I think, I speak as if I don't even know him. So wherever you find yourself in those three categories, natural, spiritual, or carnal, let me tell you what your one and only true purpose is because it's not those things that I just mentioned. Your one and true purpose. It's not to outwit. It's not to outlast and outplay. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is not to, your purpose is not to get the ring at all costs. Your purpose is not to be first. Your purpose is not to sell the most. Your purpose is not to get the highest score. This is not your purpose in life. Your purpose is not to, to win, win, win no matter what. Your purpose is not to, 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 get the, to be the highest in your class. Your purpose is not to do any of those things. Your true and only purpose as a follower of Jesus, your true, true and only purpose for the reason you were created is to glorify God and make him known. That's it. Your only purpose is to glorify God and make him known. So think about this. So guess what? You might be first. That's great. But in the, in the process of becoming first, glorify God and make him known. You might sell the most. You might be the top seller in your company. That's great. But in the process, glorify God and make him known. You might be the valedictorian and get all the scholarships. That's fantastic. But in the process of that, glorify God and make him known. And if you happen to be second place or salutatorian or like me and sitting in the back row at graduation, glorify God and make him known. Glorify God and make him known because that is your true and only purpose as a creation of the most high God. And I say that to the natural person who has not yet stepped across that line. I'm telling you, that is your purpose. That is why you've been created. And I know it might not make sense right now, but I would still love to talk to you after the service. Our one and only purpose is to glorify God and make him known. And what I think so often and why we can be frustrated as followers of Jesus when we try to share this truth is because the natural person doesn't quite get it yet. And the carnal person has lost sight of this fact. We've lost sight of this fact. This is why I'm here. This is my purpose. This is what it's about. Because the natural person and the carnal person can think our purpose is to, is to defeat. Our purpose is to be better than somebody else. Business, education, sports, arts. I mean, everything. We can think that our purpose is to just be better than somebody else. That comparison trap. Where the spiritual person understands that our purpose is not to defeat somebody else. It's to be a light to them. Our purpose is to be a light to others. Our purpose is to minister to them. Our purpose is to show them the way. Not 
crush them under our foot as we walk by. The spiritual person doesn't, doesn't look at other people and go, okay, that person, I've got to outshine them. I've got to outsell that person. I've got to, I've got to outcompete that person. No, the spiritual person says, you know what? I'm a creation of the most high God, and I want to be my best. I want to do what I am capable of doing, and I want to do it well. So I do want to, I do, I do want to do well on the test, and I do want to, I do, want to uh, do my very best on the field or on the court. I do want to give all that I've got. I do want to do that, but I want to do it because my purpose is to glorify God and make him known. So we don't, we don't look at people to defeat them, to be better than them, to be of a higher rank than them. No, the spiritual, that's what the natural person does and that's what the carnal person can do. But the spiritual person looks at other people and sees them as creations of a most gracious, most loving high God. And we see them as people that we say, okay, God loves you immensely. and I want you to know this. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. Where do you see yourself? Natural? Spiritual? Carnal? As we move to a, a time of communion, we, we share communion together the first Sunday of, of every month. I'm going to ask the band if they'll go ahead and come. I want to share with you, I want to read you um, something out of 1 Peter chapter 1. And um, yeah, these words are for the, the spiritual person. They're words for the carnal person. They're words for someone who at some point has said yes to Jesus. And they're words of warning. They're also kind of words of, of encouragement, you know, but kind of like a, hey, you better get with it encouragement, you know, not like, you're great, you're awesome, here's a sticker, but like, you better get with it encouragement. And in First Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 13, it says this, don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil doing just what you feel like doing. See, he's talking about the natural person. That's, that's where we used to be. You didn't know any better then, natural person. You do now, spiritual person. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, right? Not your old natural self, but spiritual and he describes this kind of life. He says, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. See, there's the glorifying God and making him known. If you're blazing with holiness tomorrow, people, they're going to notice. People are going to notice. God said, I am holy, you be holy. That's the life that we're called into. Verse 17, you call out to God for help and he helps. He's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and won't let you get by with sloppy living. Your life is a journey. You must travel with a deep consciousness of God 
See, the carnal person is forgetting the things of God. The carnal purpose, is, the, the carnal person is forgetting that God has, has given much to us. The carnal person forgets that God has forgiven us of so much. Peter says we should travel with a deep consciousness of God. And as we move to the communion table, I want you to hear these last words that Peter says here. It cost God plenty to get you out of that dead end, empty-headed life that you grew up in. It cost him plenty. He died like an unblemished, sacrificial lamb. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to this time, this table, and well, first we I thank you for your word and the way it speaks to us. And it's not, it's rarely comfortable if we're honest. It's rarely comfortable. If we're honest, if we are uh, teachable, if we're at a place where we say, God, would you speak to me? The reality is what we get back to you is, is rarely comfortable. Because you do call us to something more. You do call us to something greater. You call us to something bigger and holier than, than we could ever even try to, to make for ourselves or that we could even dream for ourselves. And Lord, I don't know the, the, the condition of the heart of all these people in this room right now. Are there some natural? Yeah. God, I thank you that they're here today. I thank you that they came and that they're here and that they're present. And I pray that your Holy Spirit continue to keep knocking on their heart and that your people would keep witnessing to them that, that blazing glory of, of who you are. And they would keep leaning in to who you are and asking questions. And God, for the for the spiritual person, oh Lord, it's been a journey and it's, and it's not easy. But God, would you, would you encourage them today? Would you fill them back up right now by your Holy Spirit that they would be just renewed right now so that they can go out and continue to, to be obedient to you and to, to be willing to do and to go and to say the things that you want them to do in your name. And God, for all of us carnal people, myself included, I pray, Lord, that we would reconnect with you, that that deep consciousness of who you are would just, just start bubbling up within us, that we are reminded of, of all that you have done for us, of the sins you have forgiven of the ways in which you have answered prayers, the way in which you have surrounded us with people that, that love you.
And God, I thank you that the sacrifice that you made through your son Jesus to give of himself so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we might step into new life. I thank you, God, that that was not a a limited time offer. And it wasn't just for a certain group of people. That offer is on the table right now. In the form of bread and juice representing your brokenness for us, your blood poured out for us. So Lord, as we come this morning, this table open to all who desire to be in relationship with you, even if they don't have it figured out yet, that's okay. But as we come, we don't come to take. We don't come with our our fingers ready to grab some bread. We come with our palms open and lifted to heaven And we allow someone to place that bread in our hands and we're reminded that this comes from you and you alone. We don't achieve this. We don't win this. There's nothing any of us could do to to make us worthy for this. It is given. And then we take that bread and we place it in the cup and we watch that, that beautiful white bread turn red. And we're reminded of the blood poured out, the price paid for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for ministering to us. I pray you continue to do this now as we share in the sacrament of Holy Communion. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'll ask those who are